Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. And we want to turn to 1 Chronicles again, 4.10. As you turn there, I want you to turn to page 216 if you have one of our Bibles. Isn't that awesome, everybody? Praise God, 216. We're going to begin reading at verse number 4, 216. Actually, verse number 9. 1 Chronicles 4, verse number 9. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in what, everybody? Pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I'll be free from what, everybody? Would you read this last part with me? And God granted his request. Amen? Would you hold your hands out like this? Would you bow your heads and would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear God, God, I'm here today. today. I open my mind mind and my heart. heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Spirit. In Jesus' name. name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated, everybody. You may be seated. I'm going to give you guys this. Thank you so much. As we began this series, the reason that we did that is because this prayer of Jabez is a prayer that's powerful because God said yes to it. Don't you want to pray a prayer that God says yes to? So what I've done is on your outline, and those of you that are watching online, please download our app so that you can get this outline. On that, your outline, you see I've, I've, I've given you every phrase of the prayer of Jabez that we've talked about where it says, bless me indeed. It says, Lord, bless me more than I need so I can be a blessing. Amen. You know, all, I'll give you every one of these key phrases. So I want you to be able to pray this. You can pray this prayer in less than a minute and it will help you in your spiritual journey. And so I, I put it on your outline again. Please make sure to, to keep this and pray it. I want to It'll take you less than a minute, and it's a powerful prayer. And so today as we begin reading, or we begin talking about the last phrase of that, where he said, let your hand be with me. Chesney talked about that last week. But keep me from harm, so I'll be free from pain. In that statement that he makes, keep me from harm, he's saying, keep me from all the spiritual attacks. The devil wants to destroy you and me, everybody. I want to cue you in. We have a spiritual enemy. He is the devil, and he has one goal, just one goal, and that is to turn you from God. That's it. Did you hear that? His one objective is to turn you away from, to get you to turn away from God. He can't turn you, he can't do it himself or we would all be away from God, but he wants to try to make things come your way that will get you to turn away from God. I want to, I want to just take you into the scripture and show you today 
about this spiritual enemy we have. Look what the Bible says here in Ephesians 6 and 10. And again, I'm so excited today because there's so many of you that's been through spiritual attacks. You're going through them right now, and you're going to have the tool today to kick the devil's tail. Nobody's excited about that. I don't know about you, but I get tired of getting pushed around. And you see, when you know what to do, then you know what to do. Ephesians 6, he says this, Paul says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against what? All. All strategies of who? So he has many strategies, many tactics. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So we have a spiritual battle, everybody. The thing about the spiritual battle is you can't see the enemy. You only feel the influence of his power. But look what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8. Stay alert, watch out. You're what, everybody? Great enemy. Your great enemy, who? In other words, that person that's giving you the problem is not the problem. There's a spirit behind that. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's always looking to give you a hard time and to devour you. I want you to know that we have a, a mission as a church and as individuals. Every week before we leave, we always say the I am a Christian statements. They're so powerful. The last statement that we say is that I exist to give people an opportunity for a better life through the love of Jesus Christ. In other words, your life mission and my mission is this, is that through the love of God that we display, we're trying to turn people toward God. The devil's job is to turn people away from God. So I just want, so we're at war, everybody. He doesn't like you because he doesn't want you to be, he doesn't want you to live for God. He wants to turn you away from God. And when you decide, no, I'm turning toward God, I'm going to live for God. And I'm going to help as many people as possible have an opportunity for a better life through the love of Jesus Christ. And we're going to turn them toward God. Also, he don't like you. We're at war. But thank God we have the victory in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So today I want to talk to you about how to survive a spiritual or how to survive spiritual attacks because every one of us are going to have them in our life. You're going to have spiritual Not everything that, you, that happens to you just happens to you. Not everything that happens to you just happens to you. You say, well, uh, you know, my family's just, we always have bad luck. It's just bad luck. That's the way our family, no, 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 no. Some things are intentional attacks of the enemy for one reason, to get you to turn away from God. Some people say, well, you know, I tried praying and then this happened. Yes, it happened. Because the devil wants you, every time you pray, he wants to try to do something to discourage you so you won't pray. Because if you keep praying, you're going to have a mighty victory. Amen? Amen. So I want to give you, I want to give you three things today. And I thought in order for us to do this, we would, might need to get our, our statement together. 
There's basically five words I want you to remember when you're going through a spiritual attack. Here they are. You ready? Come on. Keep my eyes on Jesus. Come on, let's, what are we going to do when we're under a spiritual attack? Keep my eyes on Jesus. You say, Pastor Jeff, why do you say that? I'll tell you why. Because you're always going to steer to where you stare. No matter what's happening in your life, where, you are, where you're focused at is where you're going to go. And you know what? I don't know, but I remember in our day, you know, that uh, when in the 70s when I was a kid, when I was a toddler, <laughs> they used to have this peace sign, right? Everybody's like, peace out, peace out. Anybody remember that? The peace, peace, yes. So I say, keep my eyes on Jesus. Now have peace. Amen, everybody. Keep my eyes on Jesus. Peace out. Okay. So we're going to move into this, uh, to the life of Job. Because Job survived the spiritual attack. That's what you have to understand the book of Job is all about, is showing us how to survive the most horrific spiritual attack. If you're not familiar, if you're not grow up in church and you haven't read it, but Job was a good man, a righteous man who did good. And he was, the devil come before God and asked for permission to, to basically wage a spiritual attack against Job. Now, there's a lot of things that I don't know until I get to heaven. I'm going to ask God about why this happened, why that happened, but is this what happened? And God said, not only, he said, you know, have you considered my servant Job? Because God knew Job. And the devil said to, Joe, to God, I cannot get to Job because you got such a protection around him. I can't get close to him. Thank God for the hedges of protection that God puts around us. Amen, everybody. For those who got their eyes on Jesus have got a protection around them. That now, let me just back, watch this now. So God allowed the devil to attack Job, to spiritually attack him. He did it. And like I said, there's a lot of things I don't understand why, but he did it. And God allowed him. And when he did, when God moved back his hand just a little bit, the devil wanted immediately to kill him. But God would not allow him to do that. Let me tell you something. If God withdrew his hand from your life right now, you'd be dead. Because the devil wants to kill you. And the reason that you're still here now is because God's hand is still with you. Amen, everybody? So I want to show you through the life of Job, I want to show you what to do because God allows things to be written in his word, these stories that are real so that we can learn from them and that we can apply them to our lives so that when we walk out of here today, we're not going to walk out with our heads down. No, we're going to walk out with our heads up. And we're ready for the battle. Amen? And some of you are in it right now. Right now. So the first thing I want to tell you is this. Number one is refuse to blame God for all the bad things in your life. I, don't try, I do not try to explain away the bad things in your life. But the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Amen? So we're going to look at Job. So, so basically, here's what happened before we get into the scripture. The devil come and the first thing that the devil did was wiped out everything Job had. Matter of fact, he said that one of his servants were out in the field. Job was a wealthy man. He had a lot of livestock. 
and, and a storm come in and, and, and uh, wiped out all of his crop. And a servant come and said, listen, all your crop's been ruined. A hailstorm just come through. And then he said that, then that all these thieves come down and stole all your cattle. They're all gone. And the last one was the worst one. And I don't understand it. But that same storm that come through and wiped out the crop, his children were there celebrating all 10 of them in the home. And the storm made the house collapse and killed all of his kids. Now, friends, it doesn't get any worse than that. And the last servant comes and tells them, and this is Job's response. Look what happened here. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to what, everybody? He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Would you read this next statement with me? Let's read it out loud. Praise the name of the Lord. What did he do? He turned his eyes back to God. Because when all those bad things happen, everything inside of you screaming, God doesn't love me anymore. Turn from God. Turn from God. Amen, everybody? Amen. Look at what it says. In all this, Job did not sin by what? Blaming God. Some of you today need to stop blaming God. I don't, again, I cannot explain why things have happened in your life the way they have. I don't understand it. But I want to tell you that God's not to blame. Now look at Job's wife. She had a response to this and look how she responded. His wife asked, why do you still trust God? Now, let me tell you why she said this. Because Job is sitting there now. The devil not only attacked all of that, but all, then all of a sudden he attacked his body. He got sick and he had boils break out all over his body. And the only way he could comfort himself was take a, take a piece of pottery and scape, scrape the soil and scrape the sores and put the ash all over his body. And his wife's looking at him in that situation. This is what she said. Why do you still trust God? Why don't you what? Curse him and die. Curse him and die. Job replied, don't talk like a fool. If we accept blessings from God, we must accept trouble as well. Now watch this. In all that what? There's a lot of things happening in your life. In all that happened, Job never once said anything against who? God. You have two choices when you're under a spiritual attack and all these bad things are happening. You can curse God, but the surety is that you will die. Something inside of you will die. The hope, the life, it will die. Or either you can turn your eyes back to Jesus. That's your two choices. You, don't, you, you have no other choices. Either I'm going to curse God and I know I will die, but I'm going to curse him. Or either I will turn to God and eventually live. Because in those moments that things are happening, you don't know if you're going to live or not. Amen, everybody? Today, I want to tell you something before we get any further. Is that you've got a heavenly father who loves you so much that he sent his son to the world to show you what love looked like. And to die for you. He did all he could to save you. 
And today there's many of you in this room and there's many of you watching online right now that you're not following Jesus. And basically, the enemy has convinced you that you've not committed because he's telling you if you do that, then you, you're going to have to become some kind of freak. You have to be a goody two-shoes. You know, you, go, you can't do all of that. And he's doing everything he can to get you to turn, just keep you turned. But today, I want to offer you an opportunity to turn back to Jesus. Put your eyes on Jesus. One of the ways that we do that, and this is how your journey starts as a Christ follower, is you ask Jesus to come into your life. When you ask him to come in, you're asking not for a physical person to move inside of you, but a spirit. Just like you could not see the breath that hit my hand, the wind that hit my hand, you, could see, you can't see his spirit, but he comes in and he begins to work inside of you and change you. So today, I want to invite every person here today to pray this prayer with me. And those of you that are not Christ followers today, today I want you to become one. And this starts with this prayer. So I'm asking you to pray this prayer with us. And if you mean it in your heart, God will hear you. Amen, everybody? Amen. So let's all bow our heads and let's say this prayer together. Dear God. I come to you because I need you. Forgive me for my sins. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me. Help me. I need you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Can we give God a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer in a minute? Yes. If you prayed that prayer today, I want you to check this card. Check it on. Check this card. So that I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower. You know who you are. By the way, we've had 480 people check this card already this year. Can we say praise God for that? Check the card online as well. I want to send you something in the mail that will help you on your spiritual journey. It's so important because again, I want to send you something to help you turn back to Jesus because you're going to need it. And if you prayed that prayer, the devil doesn't like it right now. Amen, everybody? That's why he hates the church, because we're turning people to Jesus. So remember our five words that we're saying, everybody? Remember, keep my eyes on Jesus. What are we saying? Keep my eyes on Jesus. You got to have that. You got to put that in your mind, because when these attacks happen, your natural inclination is going to be to curse. Amen, everybody? God, why did you do this to me? Why are you letting this happen to me? Blah, blah, blah. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Number two is this. The second thing is gather in a small group with God's people. Amen. When you're under spiritual attacks, you want to make sure to have these relationships. Look what happened with Job. Here we go. When three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered, look what happened. They got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console Job. Do you see that? Watch this. When they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him, wailing loudly. They tore their robes and threw dust into the air over their heads to show their grief. Now, that must have been their custom. I don't know, but I just throw dirt in the air. And I don't know, but anyways... Okay. Watch this. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. No one said a word to Job. For they saw that his suffering was what, everybody? Too great for words. I want to share something with you. 
when people are hurting, the greatest thing that you can do is love them. Now, let me tell you how you do that. You don't just say, I love you. Talk is cheap. Amen. Amen. You don't just say, I love you. You show it by caring. And you give care. You know, you just give care. That's what I love about our care ministry at our church. Those prayer requests that you write down are, are taken seriously. And we got a team of people here that, that they will pray over those requests and they write notes just to let you know that somebody cares. The care team, they write notes, they, uh, they, sh- they, they actually pray for people, make phone calls, uh, they do whatever they're good at. Some of them will even prepare a dish when somebody's sick. Hallelujah, glory to God. Today, wouldn't you want to make a difference in somebody's life? I can tell you that Rhonda has been sick. And I can tell you that every one of those cards that we got in the mail, I could watch it lift her up. Wouldn't you want to do that for somebody? Today, you know, Susan Holly leads our care team and she does an awesome job. I know she would love to have some extra people that would want to write a note, make a phone call, say a prayer, make a dish. You don't have to do all of those things, but you can do one of them. And so if you say, Pastor Jeff, I'd like to do that. On this card right here, just says, send me information about the care team. Just check the box. Because, listen, you can do it. You can make a difference with, if you, if you can write, you can make a difference in somebody's life or a phone call. You can do it. The second thing I want you to notice here is this. Is that Proverbs 11.25 says this. Whoever gives to others will get what, everybody? They'll get richer. You know what that means? Not necessarily just your bank account he's talking about here. But what he knows is this, is that when you add value to others, you increase your value. Here. You want a better life? You help somebody else. And that's what this church is all about. You say, what's this church all about? We're more than just meeting on Sundays. We're about helping your life have purpose and meaning. And that, you know what? Your life's going to matter. You know what? If you will just stay with us a year at Stockbridge Community and you'll get involved with us and you'll go to Growth Track, you know what? When, when your life is over and you get to heaven, you know, it's going, the reason we're going to have eternity is because it's going to take so long for the people of Stockbridge Community for God to reward them because they're going to say, well, you helped this person and there's going to be lots and lots of people because of you. Don't you want your life to matter? Then he goes on and says this. Look, Proverbs 11, he says this. Those who help others will themselves be what? Isn't it amazing? It's amazing the people that are always helping others are always helped. Somebody said, well, nobody ever does anything for me. Well, maybe the clue is you need to. Just saying. If you run in this church and you sit down and you run out before anybody can ever talk to you, nobody knows you. When you get sick, they won't know you either. And then you would say, I went to that church for five years and nobody come. They didn't even know I wasn't there. I got sick. And you'll be blaming God and blaming us. 
But I'm saying, listen, if nobody knows you, they don't know you. That's why we have the ministry of small groups. You know what? We, want, we have the ministry of small groups because we, want, we don't want, I wrote this down, matter of fact, I said this, we have the ministry of small groups because it's important because we never want anybody to feel like a nobody. That's why you need to get in a group. It's in groups that you become known and realize, I'm not alone. And so I just want to encourage you. Our our groups are coming up in the fall. I want you to get involved. But also, you know, this year we want to have 60 groups. And if you've never led a group, I want to encourage you to lead a group. You say, well, what do I have to do? I'll tell you what you have to do is that we, have, we provide you a list of questions. And if you would just read those questions, let everybody else just give the answers. And that's all you got to do. So if you can read, you can lead. Amen? So I want you to just go ahead again. Sign up. Why don't, you cho- why don't you just challenge yourself? God used me in a great way this year. Just let me lead. Just sign it. We'll, we'll tell you. We'll give you information. We'll call you and say, here's, what's, here's some things you need to do. Just check the boxes I, on the back of your connection card. I said, I'll consider leading a small group this fall. What am I, see, this is spiritual warfare, people. When you start doing good for other people, the devil hates you. But guess what? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Yeah. Overcome evil by doing good is what the scripture says. Okay. Remember our five words, everybody? When we were being spiritually attacked, what are we going to do? Keep my eyes on Jesus. The devil's number one goal is to get you to turn away from Jesus. Number three is this. Is believe in your heart that God will come through for you. You got to believe in your heart. Job, the whole book of Job is it's interesting Because Job gets to the point where he says, I wish God would come down right now and tell me what I did wrong. I did nothing wrong. I don't deserve this. And in the middle of all of that, he stops and he says this. I know that my what, everybody? Redeemer. Redeemer what? And that in the end, he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. And here we are. Read this last part with me, please. How my heart yearns within me. What he was saying was this. is when my mind is trying to say, why did this happen? I don't deserve this. I, I've, been a, I've been going to church all my life. I've been a member. I've been serving my church. I pay my tithes. I, do, I pray. I, do, I read my Bible. I do all these things. And yet all this bad stuff has happened to me. Oh, no. God, uh-uh, God, you got it wrong. God, you shouldn't let this happen to me. God, God, God. And we want to blame God and say, God, we don't deserve this. Amen, everybody? But when your mind is saying all those things that, are, that, are, that there is no faith in what's coming through your mind, I don't deserve this, I can't believe this, I can't believe you allowed this to happen to me, God, where are you, God? You don't love me, you don't like me, you're not with me. And when your mind is saying all of those things, you gotta go down a little bit deeper from your mind. You gotta move down about 15 inches to your heart. And you gotta know that you know that at the end of the day that my redeemer 
Redeemer lives, and we will stand in the end that God's got me. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this is happening. I can't explain it, but I know that God's alive and that God's got me, and I'm in his hand. I don't know his plan right now. I don't understand it. I don't like it, but God Almighty is with me, everybody. You've got to know my eyes are on Jesus. Amen. Romans 8, 28. Look what it says. Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know that in all things, God works for the what? Good. Look, look at me. He didn't say everything is good. He said God works it for my good. He works it for good. Watch this. He works it for good. Of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. I want to give you this example. I love Krispy Kreme. Oh, hallelujah. As soon as I said that, my mouth began to water. I'm a person who, when I go, about every three months, when I go, I go stand at the window. And I watch the conveyor. Like this picture, you know, just like, whoa, look at that. Hallelujah, glory to mm. Woo! I watched that big lump of dough over there all of a sudden somehow fall in and they punch a hole right in it. And that lump of dough goes right up on that conveyor. But you know what? If I were to stop right there, reach in and just grab that lump of dough and take a bite, <laughs> no good. It's got to be worked together. Because, see, there was sugar, there was flour, there was eggs and all, all those things by themselves are no good, but when they work together. <laughs> all of a sudden, you got something that goes up on that conveyor belt, and it's, it's a little round up, punch the hole in it, it goes in, and it gets on that conveyor belt, and it goes through, and all of a sudden, boom, it gets baptized in that grease. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God, it goes over and it hits this little thing that flips over and gets baptized on the other side. And it comes out of that grease and still it's not good yet. It's still just all grease. Nobody likes grease, but it goes on and gets on a conveyor belt again. And then all of a sudden it gets splashed again with this great creamy, sugary stuff glazed all over. And when it does, hallelujah, at the end, the, the hot sun comes on, and glory to God, you got a donut. We don't, we don't like all the ingredients, do we? We don't like sugar by itself, flour by itself, grease by itself. But when it's all worked together, when it's all worked together, on the end, it's good, baby, it's good. And in your life right now, it's God is working. You can't see it, but he's working. It don't feel good. It doesn't taste good right now. But on the end, you're going to come out to the good. Amen. Romans 8, 35, look what he says. Oh, dear God, help me. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. 
despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through who, everybody? Who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither fear of for today, nor worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Amen, everybody. Jesus said in Matthew, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You got to turn your eyes to Jesus. Amen, everybody. You see, you, you got to lean in. My wife has been through it. She went in for a simple gallbladder surgery. We told was simple. She'll be over in a week. They did that surgery and she began to get a leak in her duct. And bile began to go into her system and into her side. And I've never seen anybody with so much pain in my life. We had to rush her to the hospital. They did two emergency procedures. One was those that they had to insert a tube within her side. She had to carry a bag around for over two weeks with drainage. When that begins to, she sort of begins to get through that process and having to deal with this, she gets shingles. And she feels like Job with all the things all over her and hurting so bad. And then that begins to relieve and then she gets a UTI. And then they discover a kidney stone. Every, I mean, it has been one thing after another. And I remember, I walked into, Rhonda called me Wednesday and I went home for lunch and there she was and she just discovered she had that UTI. She looked at me and she said, Jeff, I know that the devil's trying to kill me and I feel like he might be winning. She said, but I want you to know I'm going to use this for God. I'm going to lean on God and I know that God's going to get me through. I'm going to do it. And in those moments, you've got to figure out what it takes for you to turn your eyes to Jesus. And all I could do is, uh, is try to be there for him and watch her suffer, not knowing what to do. And he was killing me. And the only thing I knew to do was lean in on God. And I began to sing this old song in my mind. Learning to lean. I'm learning to lean. I'm learning to lean. On Jesus, finding more power than I ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Learning to lean.
Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.